drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Where are we at with the election audit uh, in Arizona or Georgia or elsewhere? That's one of the questions I've been having for a while is, what is the status of all these election audits? Who's doing what? Are there any results? What can we uh, understand from all of this? Patty Barrett will be on our program at 35 past the hour. She is on the advisory board to Prager University. She also works with True the Vote and, and other organizations And we are going to get uh, an opportunity to have a conversation about the election audits that are going on and what the details are. Patty Barrett will be our guest. Looking forward to that. Did you hear the story about the iconic Chuck Taylors from Converse? And when I was a kid, I mean, these were the thing, right? Um, And I had a pair of Chuck Taylors when I was a kid, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And uh, now apparently they're going satanic. I mean, what is going on here? There are stories out about them embracing this sort of imagery with this uh, designer, and uh, they're putting pentagrams. It's It's disturbing, very disturbing. Converse going satanic. So we'll talk about that story and the what's concerning us. Also, uh, bombshell out today or came out yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Attorney General New York has said there is credible evidence against Andrew Cuomo, uh, New York governor, that he harassed multiple women. And now there have been multiple governors, Nancy Pelosi, President Joe Biden has called him to uh, step down. I mean, there's a lot of people calling out uh, Andrew Cuomo this morning to ask him to step down. So far, I think he is refusing. We'll cover that story in the What's Concerning Us as well. More cops committing suicide in Washington, D.C. Very sad story there. Uh, so lots of stories to cover in the What's Concerning Us. I want to give a special shout out real quick to Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, uh, heard on the Station of the Cross radio stations. Uh, very grateful for having me on yesterday. I, I was, uh, it was a, a wonderful honor to share my own journey, my own testimony. Uh, how I came into the church and what God did in my life to save me uh, from the pornography addiction and and everything else. And so I had an awesome opportunity to talk with Jim yesterday and to share that testimony. So thank you, Jim Havens and The Simple Truth and The Station of the Cross. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Joe. Praise be to God. Did you see the story? Uh, we were talking about sports yesterday in our after show. Yes, we were. It was, <laughs> and I, I love the story out of LifeSite about the uh, the Fiji men's rugby team yes. singing uh, to about the blood of the lamb after they won their, their match. Yes. No. Apparently, it's not the first time they've sang either. They apparently sing before and after every single time they play. So and just. Um, and in Thanksgiving for their recent win, they were singing. And so praise be to God. That's awesome. That is super cool. It's maybe, super cool. Uh, maybe at some point, maybe it's in the after show, we'll play, uh, oh, the yes. clip, the video clip, uh, and talk about, uh, that. It's a pretty cool story. So that's good news. Amen. Speaking of good news, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Speaking of good news, guess what today is? Uh, today is Wednesday. Yes, it yeah. is Wednesday, August 4th, the Feast of Holy Father Dominic. 
Uh, How I thought you were going to cool say John Vianney. It's also, uh, it's also uh, the feast day of St. John Vianney. Well, yeah, more importantly, right. it's the feast of St. Dominic. <laughs> um, more importantly? Mm-hmm. More importantly. Than the cure of ours? Than the founder of the Dominican order. Yes. Huh. Very much so. Seems like yeah. a stretch. Rose, okay. trying to rising people from the dead, <laughs> giving us the holy rosary. You, I want to compare uh, Dominic to Vianney? Saw a guy do with his really? head cut off and started speaking to him and then let him, <laughs> came back to life so he would do his confession. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying. Have to do kind of a big deal. That. You're going to have deal. to do better than that if you really want to compare it to the cure of ours. Uh, I have a list. Yeah. I have a list. I have no <laughs> doubt. You probably have it laminated and keep it on you at all times. I actually times. have a six-page document of miracles <laughs> right in front of me. No like, doubt. Unironically. Un- unironically, to be sure. I'm mm-hmm. not surprised in the least, but uh, St. Dominic, or pray for us. Uh, St. John Vianney, pray for us. Uh, what a day to have two incredible saints on the same day. Wonderful. All right, so we're going to jump into our show today. lot to cover. A lot to cover. We have breaking news and stories with Janelle coming up. And by the way, she's down to like two weeks and then she's out of here. Uh, she wants to sleep in again, apparently, <laughs> uh, go to college or something. I don't know why, but whatever. Uh, so let's enjoy the last two weeks we have with uh, Janelle. She's been a great asset to our team. Uh, she's going to cover the news, and then we're going to do a saint of the day, gospel of the day. And I think I picked a saint uh, in particular that would be very difficult for Adrian to pronounce. So well, let's enjoy that as well. And then, of course, we'll dive into what's concerning us. And at 35 past the hour, as I said, Patty Barrett, uh, advisory board member of PragerU will give us uh, an update on the election audits going on around the country. So let's dive in and pray for your intentions and for the conversion of sinners around the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Janelle A. Today is Wednesday, August the 4th. Here are some headlines from Church Militant. Archdiocese forces vaccines. New York orders priests not to sign religious exemptions. Gay feast behind COVID outbreak. Provincetown, Massachusetts, Bear Week, perfect petri dish for infections. Michigan, a city sanctuary for the unborn? Hillsdale may join 30 other states protecting babies in the womb. Archbishop continues Latin Mass. San Francisco prelate will personally offer one TLM per month. New altar in St. Peter's. Critics blast front-facing altar replacing ad orientum altar. Pro-abort Catholic in trouble. Most voters oppose Senator Lisa Murawski. In other news, Barack Obama plans monster 60th birthday bash at Martha's Vineyard. Mystery surrounds latest police suicides linked to January 6th. Four officers now dead. DHS Mallorca dangles TPS amnesty for 6 million migrant Venezuelans. And reported by Life News, University caught harvesting body parts from babies born alive and left to die. New documents obtained from the federal government suggest that aborted babies may be being born alive and left to die at the University of Pittsburgh so that their organs may be used for scientific research. The University of Pittsburgh is the same place where researchers implanted second trimester aborted babies' scalps into rodents to study the human immune system. 
On Tuesday, Judicial Watch and the Center for Medical Progress said they obtained 252 documents, uh, new pages of new documents about the university's practices from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. HHS provided the documents after the groups filed a Freedom of Information Act request and later a lawsuit when the agency did not follow through. The documents show that the federal government gave the University of Pittsburgh at least $2.7 million in federal tax dollars over the past five years to become a tissue hub for aborted baby parts for scientific research. These documents show taxpayer money is being used to turn the University of Pittsburgh into a one-stop human fetal tissue shop, from procuring the tissue from elective abortions, subdividing the human remains, to distributing and shipping the harvested tissue. Even worse, the founder and the president of the Center for Medical Progress said evidence in the documents suggests late-term aborted babies may be being delivered alive before their organs are harvested. Infants in the womb, some old enough to be viable, are being aborted alive and killed for organ harvesting in order to bring in millions of dollars in taxpayer funding for Pitt and the Planned Parenthood abortion business it supports. Law enforcement and public officials should act immediately to bring the next Kermit Gosnell to justice under the law. The university's proposal also included racial targets, Judicial Watch and the Center for Medical Progress discovered. Of its planned abortion subjects, Pitt desired 50% to be minority fetuses. The proposal suggests that the subjects be diverse because Pittsburgh is diverse. The U.S. Census Bureau shows the city of Pittsburgh is close to 70% white, according to Judicial Watch. I'm Janelle Lay, and those are your headline news for Wednesday, August 4th. God love you. The saint of the day is Holy Father Dominic, the founder of the Dominican Orders, but also it is uh, Blessed Frederic Janson. He is the who was born on the 19th of November 1838 in Gaivelle, North France. He was the youngest of 13 children in a wealthy farm family, and Frédéric grew up in France, but his language at home was Flemish. His father died when the boy was nine. Frédéric felt an, felt an early call to the priesthood and entered the junior seminary in his diocese, but he dropped out to become a traveling salesman, working to support his family. His family obligations finally fulfilled, Frédéric joined the Franciscans in the early 20s. He was ordained in 1870 and became a military chaplain in the Franco-Prussian War. He was assigned to the Holy Lands and he rebuilt the Station of the Cross on the streets of Jerusalem. He built a church in Bethlehem and negotiated agreements between the Romans, the Greeks, and the Armenian church authorities about the use of sanctuaries in, in, the, in Jerusalem. He first traveled to Canada in 1881 on a fundraising trip, but returned to stay in 1888, where he worked for the next 28 years. He helped develop the Shrine of Our Lady of Cap de la Madeleine in Quebec and witnessed the vision of the Statue of Mary opening its eyes. He wrote biographies of the saints, newspaper articles, and calling out, uh, calling on his ch childhood training. He sold religious books door to door, including thousands of copies of his manual for the Third Order. His work effectively reestablished the Franciscan secular order in Canada. He died on the 4th of August, 1916, in the Franciscan Infirmary in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, of stomach cancer. He was beatified on the 25th of September, 1988, by Pope John Paul II. Blessed Frédéric Jansohon, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. 
At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of the district came out and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not say a word in answer to her. His disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did him homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The area of Tyre and Sidon, this is Gentile country, Canaanite country, in fact. This is uh, the eldest uh, son of Canaan or Canaan, depending on uh, what part of the world you come in and how you say that, uh, is his his name was Sidon. So these towns were named after the children of Canaan. And that is their history. But they've since been, uh, you know, taken over by the Greeks and the Syrians. And so this was Syrophoenician country. Uh, but these were definitely Gentiles. And this is where I think it becomes very, very interesting. There is a, an opportunity here for the Lord to not only do, do something special uh, for this person, but also to really send home a message to the Jews. Remigius, writing in the ninth century, said this, He went that he might heal them of Tyre and Sidon, or that he might deliver this woman's daughter from the demon, and so, through her, through her faith, might condemn the wickedness of the scribes and the Pharisees. Did you catch that? He is using this woman in a teachable moment, a moment where he demands of her persistence in prayer. She asks, she begs, and he says nothing. And she persists. And then, through her incredible faith, he grants her this desire to help her by casting out the demon out of her daughter. There's so much that could be said here. One, look at this. The infant uh, baptism of, of infants based on the faith of the parents. The faith of this woman saved her daughter. There's so much that could be said here. She recognizes him as God, and she's a Gentile. Oh, to be the scribes and the Pharisees. That's got to hurt at this very moment. There's so much we can talk about. We'll talk more in the next hour if you can join us. But coming up, we're going to talk about Converse Shoes, Governor Cuomo, and so much more. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time, set it your way. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Years ago, when I started acting, modeling, and singing in Mexico, my Catholic faith was not the center of my life. It took me many years to discover that success, fame, money, and all the pleasures of the world were not going to fulfill me. 
I got to a point in my life where I thought I had everything, but I realized something was missing. Thankfully, I began a faith journey that brought me back to God and the home to the Catholic Church. You can too. Discover more at catholicscomehome.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Coming up 35 past the hour, Patty Barrett. Uh, she's on the advisory board for Prager University. She's going to be our guest to talk about the election audit updates. Arizona is the big one, but there's a bunch of others. Uh, even in Texas, they're talking about uh, election audits. And so where are we at with that? What is, uh, are there any conclusions drawn? I mean, what is the deal on election audits? And so Patty Baird from PragerU is going to be our guest coming up 35 past the hour to discuss that. Have you heard this story? Uh, this was posted out of the National Catholic Register. The headline goes, Catholics chuck their Chuck Taylors after Converse shoes get satanic symbols. Now, when I was a kid, Chuck Taylors, I mean, they were the thing. I had, I had a picture of my father when he was playing basketball, I don't even, the late 50s, early 60s maybe, wearing Chuck Taylors. I mean, they, they go back. They're iconic American shoes, Converse Chuck Taylors. I mean, all the skate, cool skateboard kids when I was a kid wore Chuck Taylors. And then Skechers, forget about it. So it's kind of a big deal that uh, they're embracing satanic symbols. What is going on here? Uh, the uh, the story goes a little like this. The satanic converse are only the latest in fashion designer Rick Owens' long line of occult-inspired fashion. It says Catholic influencers are throwing out their converse shoes after the iconic shoe brand's newest limited edition collaboration launched with explicitly demonic and occult symbols. The series of three Instagram posts celebrated grunge fashion designer Rick Owens and his take on the classic Chuck Taylor all-star high top. The shoe itself wouldn't be too shocking on its own. It's chuck chunkier and higher than the original, and in silhouette looks a lot like Doc Martin. But the hellish ads feature bald white painted models with blackened lips and eyes and pentagrams in their mouths, dressed in black leather morph suits an aesthetic the creative director called, quote, non-binary aliens, unquote. Now, um, for, uh, for those that are hanging out with us on their video stream, you're going to be able to see this. If you're listening on radio, it's exactly what I just described. It's two models dressed in this insane-looking outfit, uh, hanging upside down, by the way, with pentagrams in their mouth, looking like uh, something out of a horror film. Converse thought that this was somehow okay. This was somehow uh, acceptable. It is not. The article goes on to quote the, uh, the designer here. It says, quote, I've been using this pentagram for a long time because obviously it has adolescent occult associations, unquote. He said of the shoes, 
He goes on to say, quote, but I like uh, geometric diagrams like that because in a very primal way, they are a culture's grasp for control and a way to organize thoughts and systems. And a pentagram in this day and age with all its associations, I like the fact that it refers to an alternative system, unquote. Uh, he likes all that it represents. You know, what's interesting is this designer, uh, Rick Owens, grew up in a Catholic home. I wonder what happened. Was it a failure of catechesis? Was it a failure of, uh, of truly uh, de- devotion or piety? Did, you go, did they go to Mass every Sunday? Did they understand what was happening at the altar? The once-for-all sacrifice uh, of our Lord and Savior Jesus offered up for our sins, given adoration to God, which is due to Him? Did he, did, was that understanding uh, a, in the home uh, as a boy? Who knows? But this is very disturbing. In fact, there is a, uh, a famous exorcist whom we have interviewed on this program, uh, Father Lampert, in another article over at the Register. He says, uh, Catholic exorcist says, Converse pentagram shoes create a fascination with evil. And he is warning, this will lead young people to be fascinated more with the occult and with evil. I don't know why parents would would want their kids to have shoes like this. I don't understand why anybody would want anything to do with the occult, with satanic symbolism, whether they believed in the devil or not, it does should not matter. Uh, there is so much here that it would be incredibly disturbing. I would encourage everyone to read these articles. Converse, in this first article, Converse justified the design as coming from the transgressive world of grunge fashion. It says, quote, Owens emerged from the glam rock and grunge underground to become one of fashion's essential iconoclasts. His DRK-SHDW Diffusion line, launched in 2005, blends punk edge with, with uh, courture-like sophistication. The aesthetic is all about disrupting formality, embracing traditional structure, and then blowing it up. Yeah, whatever, my friend. Uh, at the end of the day, this is an occult symbol, a symbol of Satanism, and no Christian Ought, had, ought to have anything to do with it. Unfortunately, they've already sold out of this, uh, this run of, of special shoes, which means there's a, a good audience for it. Um, it's kind of insane. Don't forget, it wasn't all that long ago when uh, rap uh, star Little Nas X launched his shoes with 666 all over them and other satanic symbols also, I think, sold out. Uh, pretty insane that there is an audience for this type of product. It really bugs me quite a bit, especially since when I was a kid, as I said, I mean, these were, these were so Im- incredible, so iconic, and everybody had to have them. They were the coolest thing going when I was a kid in school, and it makes me sad to see these companies going full, full woke. Uh, Cuomo is the big news today. Let's turn to there. This is a story out of the Epic Times. Um, kind of a bombshell here. Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women, uh, retaliated against employee, New York Attorney General. Uh, the the uh, article goes like this. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed several women and retaliated against a former employee, said New York Attorney General Letitia James, accusing the Democrat governor of violating laws. Quote, 
Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and in doing so violated federal and state law, unquote. James said in a news conference on Tuesday, adding that Cuomo fostered a, quote, hostile, unquote, and, uh, uh, quote, unsafe, unquote, work environment. The governor engaged in, quote, unwanted groping, kissing, and hugging, unquote, as well as making inappropriate remarks, she said. James's office concurrently released a 165-page report following an investigation, which started in March when several women publicly accused the governor of misconduct. The report, which doesn't have any criminal consequences, included interviews of 179 witnesses and a review of thousands of documents. Cuomo, a Democrat, harassed his own, uh, his own staff members, members of the public, and even a state trooper, the report claimed. The attorney general's report uh, punctuates the governor's stunning fall from grace after he was largely lauded by the national media, including awards and a book deal for how he dealt with the COVID-19 epidemic. Cuomo is also accused of misconduct in how his office handled nursing homes amid the pandemic, which may have led to thousands of uh, excesses of deaths from the virus, which, by the way, the FBI dropped the investigation on that. So there you go. There's that. Now, uh, there's other reports of uh, governors coming out and asking him to resign. Nancy Pelosi has asked him to resign. President Joe Biden has asked him to resign. I think he is holding out, though. And it's interesting because yesterday I was talking to a gentleman from New York, from Buffalo, uh, and he and I were conversing about Cuomo. And I asked him, do you think it's possible? Because if I'm not mistaken, Cuomo has already announced he's, re- he's, he's running again. Do you think it's possible he could get reelected? And his answer was yes. He absolutely thought it was possible that Governor Cuomo could be reelected. Can you imagine? He said the only way Governor Cuomo probably might not make it back is if the Democrats decide he's definitely got to go. Um, I find that fascinating. So his own attorney general or the attorney general of New York comes out with a report. Uh, all of the deaths in, uh, in nursing homes as a result of policy set forth by his administration. And still the man remains in office. Very, very fascinating. Will he be uh, impeached? Will he resign? I do not know. Uh, but we will we'll bring you the information uh, as it comes. Now, here's another story of, of that I found um, disturbing. I know, Janelle, you re- report, reported on it. And this one's out of the Blaze Media. Two more police officers who responded to January 6th Capitol riot have committed suicide, bringing total number who've taken their own lives to four. Now, one thing that's interesting about this story or the line of the stories is how they always connect back to January 6th. Um, as if police officers who commit suicide uh, aren't facing continuous issues in their life, whether those are issues related to just strictly the job, issues related to home life or, or other issues. Um, they, when we're talking about police suicide lately, it's always in relation to January 6th, especially when it comes to officers in the metro D.C. area. Now, I, I'm not going to say that they didn't have a lot of stress. In fact, I would imagine their stress was incredibly high. I mean, part of this article points out that they were asked uh, they were asked to stand, um, you know, stand watch for hours and days on end with very little sleep, high stress environment, 
I mean, I can imagine that. I know uh, in the city that I live in, we've had incidents, especially in relation to hurricanes, things like that, where police officers are having to drop everything. And, you know, when, when everybody else in the city is concerned about safety for their families, these police officers have to leave their families and go to work to help society. And they do so day in and day out. And uh, I can imagine the stress of that is incredibly high. But in this case, uh, they're saying Metropolitan Police Officer Hashida was found dead in his home Thursday, Reuters reported. Citing a statement from department spokesman Hugh uh, Carew, Hashida joined the D.C. police in May 2003. Uh, police, a Metro police officer, uh, Kyle DeFreitag, who, was also, who also responded to the Capitol riot, was found dead July 10th. Carew uh, added, according to Reuters, the spokesman noted that Difreitag's uh, cause of death was also a suicide, the outlet reported. Now, it's sad. It, it breaks my heart. Suicide is a horrific thing. The murder of oneself uh, due to depression or whatever. It's an incredibly tragic thing. And I don't know what's going on in the lives of these officers, but I think it should remind us that we have an opportunity, an obligation to pray to do a penance, to fast uh, for these um, men and these women who are incredibly stressful situations, difficult situations. Again, I think these articles tend to uh, try to connect dots that aren't necessary in every case. I don't know what's going on, but let's pray that there are no more police officers who commit suicide. Let's pray that they get the help they need in order to avoid this tragic outcome. Amen. Well, we have a break coming up here. Then afterwards, we are going to get an election audit update by Patty Barrett. We're also going to cover the breaking news and stories with Janelle Leigh. All that coming up next after this very short break on Catholic Drive Time. Do us a favor. If you're listening right now via the radio, text a friend and share Catholic Drive Time with your friends and your family. If you're watching online, smash the share button. That would help us out a lot. But a lot of great information from Patty Barrett, Prager U. Coming up next, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, Thanks are the highest form of thought. At the sacrifice of the Mass, we hear the priest say, We do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Always and everywhere. Have we ever really thought about that? If we were always thankful to God, always and everywhere, what would our lives be like? Chesterton says, We should always endeavor to wonder at the permanent thing, not at the mere exception. We should be startled by the sun, not by the eclipse. We should wonder less at the earthquake and wonder more at the earth. Thanks are the highest form of thought. Maybe that's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. 
God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Lots of headlines today. Munich Prague train collides with Czech commuter service. Three dead. Ukrainian police detain man who threatened to denotate grenade in government building. Over in Myanmar, Catholic priest and catechist abducted by armed group. FDA aims to give full approval to Pfizer vaccine by Labor Day, according to a report. Two rockets strike Israel from Lebanon, Israeli military says. Joe Biden drops lawsuit Trump filed against hospital that forced nurse to kill baby in abortion. Australia and Germany crack down on anti-lockdown events as protests rise in France and the U.S. Elderly man collapses while being arrested for not wearing a mask in a public park. Bishop Schneider compares Pope Francis's crushing of Latin Mass to a shepherd angrily beating his sheep with a stick. YouTube suspends Sky News Australia for airing debate and dissenting from COVID orthodoxy. And from a report from Breitbart, Biden planning to give Johnson & Johnson vaccine to border crossers. California University Workers Union comes out against the mandate for COVID vaccine. Punk band forces out unvaccinated drummer who was paralyzed by previous vaccine. Athens fire recedes, but heat wave feels big blaze in Avia Island. Germany detains Syrian man suspected of grenade attack on civilians at refugee camp near Damascus. Louisiana's Democratic governor imposes statewide indoor mask mandate, including for children over the age of five. Catholic universities in Argentina call on courts to defend the unborn from abortion law. CDC announces new order to ban evictions for 60 days for most of U.S. And FDA author authorizes antibody cocktail as COVID-19 prevention treatment. Reported by Life News, media and CDC suppress fact that breakthrough COVID outbreak was in an LGBT hotspot. The Centers for Disease Control spawned panic this week when it revealed that during the first half of July, there had been a large spike in COVID-19 cases emanating from a quaint seaside tourist destination, where 74% of the infected were fully vaccinated persons. What the CDC fails to mention in its reporting, and what the mainstream media wanted you to overlook, is how different Provincetown is from almost every other beach community. Provincetown is America's summer LGBT vac vacation mecca, and during the two-week period spanning from July 3rd to July 17th when cases spiked, tens of thousands of gay men had jammed the resort. Also reported by Life News, investigation finds Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women, 11 in total. New York Attorney General Letizia James said Tuesday that an independent investigation found Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo had sexually harassed multiple women. James, also a Democrat, gave a press conference to conclude the investigation, saying that after speaking to dozens of witnesses and reviewing evidence from multiple sources, investigators determined that Cuomo had subjected employees to offensive and sexually charged comments or unwanted touching as well as pressure campaigns to keep them quiet. She concluded that in doing so, the governor had violated both state and federal law. The independent investigation that concluded that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually assaulted multiple women and violated federal and state law, James began, 
The investigation found that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed current and former New York State employees by engaging in unwelcome and non-consensual touching and making numerous offensive comments of a suggestive and sexual nature that created a hostile work environment for women. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Wednesday. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, joining us right now via Zoom chat is uh, Patty Barrett. She's an advisor to True the Vote and to uh, PragerU and other organizations. We're very grateful for your time this morning. Good morning to you, Ms. Barrett. Ms. Barrett, can you hear me? Good morning. I'm the speaker. Hello. Hello. Can, can you hear me, Ms. Barrett? I will. All right, we're going to go ahead and mute her and then work on getting that resolved. Uh, until then, let me just cover this uh, story here. There's a lot of election audits that are going on. Arizona is the more, more famous one. And there has been quite a number of things going on in Arizona. And it's been a little bit hard to track. They've been trying to audit their uh, their vote there in the Maricopa County area. And it's been an interesting uh, situation. There's been subpoenas issued for certain pieces of information that have, they've refused to respond. And it's kind of getting to a boiling point. But in what's going on is Arizona has been used as a sort of a test for other parts of our country. In fact, there were many states that sent delegates to Arizona's audit to see what they were doing and then try to make decisions as to whether or not they were going to do them back when they got back to their homes. And so we were trying to get an update. I don't know, uh, Betty, are you able to hear us now? Patty. Patty, forgive me, Patty. Good morning to you, Patty Barrett. Uh, Thank you again for being on with us. Can you give us an update on the election audits? I can do that. Um, You were just talking about Arizona, and that's what I wanted to start with, because it is the one that is most in the news. And uh, the Maricopa County election audit is the one that is front and center. And I have to say, it's really exciting for those of us who follow these kinds of things. They're saying that they have already found 11,326 votes that were people who were not on the voter rolls as late as November 7th, but by December 4th, they were. (laughs) So uh, people who showed up on the voter rolls weeks after the election, their votes were counted. And the interesting and pivotal point for some people is that Biden only won there by 10,457 votes. So they have found more than enough votes, they say, to uh, decertify that win. Uh, They also found 74,000 mail-in ballots that were not requested, and they were supposed to have been requested. There's no recorded evidence that they were sent to voters in the first place, but they showed up as mail-in ballots. These are the kinds of things we that people who are really involved in these kinds of things know about and find so hard to, when we hear people say, oh, there's no evidence of, of voter fraud. And if it were there, it's so minuscule that it makes no difference. Uh, Arizona State Senator Sonny Borelli has said, I've seen enough evidence to challenge the validity of the certification of the Maricopa County election results. Wow. Now, let me ask you a question, though, uh, because part of the Arizona story has been that the audit team has requested access to the routers and has been denied that. And they've issued subpoenas to get these. 
and no one uh, and they're not responding. They're not they're not given access to the routers or or um, or the information on the routers, nor are they given access to the uh, the master passwords that would allow the forensic team to review that. What's the status of all of that? I can't I, I'm not totally aware of where it is at this moment. What I do know is that they are being threatened and they're being uh, it doesn't help when the, the secretary of state. Michelle Ugenti uh, is just throwing her hands up and saying, this is a botched audit. They are doing the sort of cancel culture thing where by using words that imply this was a Mickey Mouse rinky-dink audit, uh, I think it's Cyber Genie um, out of Florida. Um, And they say, well, they're partisan and they're paid with partisan funds. So we're not going to pay any attention to this. We don't have to uh, pay attention to their audits. When they use the word, they'll say so-called audit or they'll put audits in quotes like it's not really an audit. We all know that. And after all, if private funds are paying for something, we know it's invalid. Uh, $25 million of private funding came into our election just here in Harris County. So, but it's okay if one set of people do it, the rich and the powerful, but it's not okay if uh, people on the other side want to investigate the integrity of the election. Georgia State Senator Brandon Beach has referred to the massive voter fraud uh, and said, we can ask for our 16 electoral college votes back. And so... There are two two sides to this, and uh, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors had said that oh, cyber ninjas, yeah, that's the t- term, um, of the company, the Florida-based company, because they took 100 days instead of 60 days to hand count 2 million, over 2 million ballots, um, everything they've done is therefore invalidated because <laughs> they couldn't finish it in 60 days. No, they were However, on, we couldn't count. <laughs> yeah, they were on live well, video. Hours. They, were, right. they were on live video recounting all of this. I think there was some, there was, I can't remember how many cameras there were, but there was a ton of camera angles. And anybody in the world could watch this live taking place. Uh, Twitter recently took down their account and gave no, no uh, answer as to why they, they uh, blocked their account, but they've taken their account down. And they, uh, I think the audit responded by saying Twitter was their number one means of getting this out to the world. But uh, I think there's a website that uh, you could go to and actually watch the live video feed of all the workers uh, making the counts and, and the audits and whatever. But uh, we're down to just about a minute before we have to go to break here. Um, um, I, I'd like to get, yeah. uh, uh, like on the other side of the break, I would like to ask about some of the other states. You brought up Georgia. So what other states are have uh, now started the process in their uh, counties or what have you and, and what are the statuses there I would like to get that information on the other side of this very short break uh, Patty Barrett is on with us she's an advisory board member for PragerU and True the Vote and other organizations and we're talking about election audits all that's coming up next don't go anywhere be right back Father John Bartunik 
in his book, The Better Part, wrote, Gratitude is one of the most beautiful flowers in the whole garden of virtues. It directly contradicts self-centeredness, self-indulgence, and self-absorption. It builds bridges, unites communities, and softens hearts. It encourages and inspires. It cuts through discouragement and counteracts depression. It opens the soul to the truth and releases anxiety. It brings smiles and gladness wherever it blooms. What a pity that it is as rare as it is lovely. When was the last time you were truly grateful to our Lord for the spouse He has given to you? When was the last time that you told your spouse you are very grateful for him or her. Gratitude goes a long way in healing wounds. Give it a try. Go home today and tell your spouse how grateful to God you are that he or she married you. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Patty Barrett is our guest. Uh, she is an advisor to True the Vote and to uh, uh, Prager University. We're talking about election audits. We started with the uh, Maricopa County, Arizona audit, which is probably the most uh, uh, hot one right now in the news, for sure. Um, but I know uh, w- part of that story was there were many states that were very curious to sit back and watch what's going to happen in Maricopa County through this whole process. And they were sending delegates down there to see the vote, uh, the audit going on, how it was handled, how it was structured, organized, all of that. And uh, the question is now, uh, are these going to be new audits in, in these other states? And uh, I want to talk about that. Good morning to you, Miss Barrett. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I am a speaker for True the Vote, uh, speaking around Texas and other places that want to hear about voter integrity. So this is a very dear subject to me. Um, Pennsylvania is another place that I want to look at, and I want to compare and contrast it with what's going on in Arizona. The approach in Arizona is very much, we want to prove that there was voter fraud. And that is wonderful. It is very driven, but appears to be very driven by wanting to uh, overturn what many of us feel was a fraudulent election. And sometimes when you're doing that, you're not preparing for the next election very well. Because what they did in this election, they're going to do in spades in the next one, everything they can get away with. And in Pennsylvania... From what I can see, they have taken a slightly different approach. And what's motivating their election is, according to Senator Mastriano, who is very influential in all this, uh, is to restore faith and integrity in the system, which we certainly need. And when you do that, it means you have uncovered the things that are wrong and hopefully then are able to address them in, in legislation and governance. And that's their, their second goal. So you can't address things if you think they're never happening. So proving that is a major thing. And then they want to identify areas for major legislative reform. So they've got 
they've got their feet on the ground. If in the course of doing that, they see things that would happen to change past things, that would be wonderful. But if the only goal is to be able to change past things and then you fail, you have not done those other things. So uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, founder of True the Vote, is very emphatic as she's flying all over the country, meeting with the FBI and the DOJ and different people, trying to put out the evidence, very strong evidence that they have that will be coming out of these kinds of um, egregious happenings. Um, that will also be a different way of confronting the reality of what's happened. So in Pennsylvania, what's happened is the governor, Governor Wolf, and his attorney general and secretary of state are coming down with everything they've got. They're just this last week or so, they have announced that any um, forensic investigation that a county allows that gives access to the voting equipment will mean that that voting equipment cannot ever be used again. That's something that the Secretary of State just made up. It's not anywhere in the rules or the law. And that the county will have to foot the bill for all new equipment and will get no reimbursement from the state. This is not a veiled threat. This is a threat. <laughs> and they are, this, this kind of thing is what they do. So... Nowhere does, and the Secretary of State isn't even the real Secretary of State yet. She's the uh, standing Secretary of State waiting to be uh, fully validated in her office. And when it comes time to review, or it's acting Secretary of State, when it comes time to confirm her, these actions may put her in, bad, in a bad position. Uh, there's a convergence of scare tactics from the Wolf administration and the AG to intimidate county officials and obstruct for forensic investigations. And why would they do that? There's only one reason you do that, because you don't want anything that's going to come out to be seen in the light of day. And if it does come out like Hunter Biden's laptop, they're just going to go, it's not here. It's not here. Mm -hmm. We don't see it. The hunter, the what's it? The emperor has no no clothes. Yeah, he looks well, great. Patty, you know this. You've been talking about the about the future elections and how this is there uh, affecting this, but. In a practical terms, a lot of people have been saying, you know, they're excited because the approval rating of President Biden is down and the approval rating of uh, of a lot of people are down. And so they're saying, oh, you know, we're excited because that means uh, the conservatives will take back a lot of the elections that we lost. Um, does it, what is the effect of the uh, of the audits in, in regards to the next election? Well, it, there again, I had a conversation with Catherine Engelbrecht, the founder of True the Vote, just yesterday. And she is very clear that these audits will only be helpful in the next election if they are used to, as, with the idea that they are, the people doing them are going to put their energies in improving things for the coming elections. She said, point Absolutely. That if their only goal is to ch overthrow the Biden election, and if they fail, which is, I mean, that's a really big hurdle, so that's a hard thing to achieve, then 
their efforts will go down the drain. Mm. It's only if their efforts, and that's not just them, that's me and you and every person who will show up at an election to work, every person who will continue to vote and block walk and do all the things we need to do. If, if our efforts are towards having greater integrity in the next election, then things will be better. But look at Texas with our voter bill. They're so desperate, the Democrats left the state. And in Pennsylvania, they had a voter integrity bill that passed, and their governor vetoed it. Mm-hmm. Governor it, Wolf vetoed it. So we're, it's, it's a hard road to tow. It's a, it's a hard thing to do. But it is worth doing, and there is more stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. But I have learned that it is, takes a long time. It is extremely slow to work through the machines that allow you to come out with this kind of forensic evidence, which is the kind of thing True the Vote has. But if If they don't have access to the routers, uh, it would be incredibly difficult for them to prove that there was outside interference if they can't forensically diagnose those routers and see the maps inside those routers and that they don't have access to them. There are many kinds of voter fraud. And uh, there are five main kinds of voter fraud. And there's one of the huge ones that people don't understand its scale is vote trafficking. We think vote trafficking is going to a nursing home and getting 35 people who can't see or hear anymore and don't know what's going on to to let you sign or fill out their ballot or take their ballot and then change it or throw it away if it's for the wrong person. But that's not what voter trafficking is really about. That's just the tiny little tip. One of the things that that we have uncovered and we have hard evidence is massive, massive vote trafficking that is interstate. Mm. And it is huge. And there are people who have already been indicted because of work that we have done. So it's not all in the routers. There is tremendous fraud taking place in many other levels. Another of the places of vote fraud comes in the powerful people who are putting money into the system to to get um, district attorneys and judges elected. This is George Soros. Uh, so that when and to get uh, secretaries of state elected, he has been handpicking people for years so that when things come to court or when people could be prosecuted, they are not. They are absolutely not. So if we have to continue to work to get the laws changed in our states, because these are still statewide, so that we can ban out some of this outside money coming in. However, that brings up another much larger uh, elephant in the room, which is H.R. 4, the supposed John Lewis Act, which is the H.R. 1, which everybody's so scared of, that is a, a foil so that people will go, oh, this is so horrible. And the John Lewis Act, which is H.R. 4, comes up behind and goes, look, this is much more reasonable than H.R. 1. But H.R. 4 is sufficient. Tell us to- about that. What, what is H.R. 4, John okay, Lewis Act? That's the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And that's the one they really want to get passed. What's in it? And what's in it is really scary. It would allow 
the federal government and federal bureaucrats, and we know who's in charge and wants to stay in charge forever, to take over our uh, local elections, period. And one of the ways they're going to be able to do this is the Voting Rights Act has a Section 5. And if a state or county is found to be doing egregious things in regard to voter discrimination, Mm. it allows the federal government to step in and have oversight and to determine what the rules should be. So that's kind of gone away now because we've got those things all addressed. This says that anybody, not just an attorney general, can make a complaint, can file a complaint against someone, and that whether it's true or not, and that counts as an instance of uh, problematic voter discrimination and triggers them being able to step in and take it over. With they have uh, the DOJ has a history of filing unwarranted investigations, and that's going to explode because. It's not going to have to be a government official to do Mm. it. Every Dick and Harry can come in and say, oh, this is wrong. And all of a sudden, you've lost your ability to control your elections. That's just one. All right. Well, we are out of time. I'm uh, sorry to say uh, that music means we have to say goodbye. Patty Barrett, speaker for True the Vote and uh, advisory member to PragerU. Thank you for your time today and updating us on the election audit status around the country. You're so welcome. God bless you and God love you. That is going to do it for this first hour of Catholic Drive Time today. Praise be to God. Thank you for joining us for that. I'd love to say we're going to post it on YouTube, but we got shut down for the week. Thank you, YouTube, for your awesome oversight. Uh, But we will be posting it on Rumble and other platforms. Check us out online at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. some friends who are Catholic who say that you don't have to believe everything that the church teaches, whether it's in the catechism or not. Is that true? No, it's not true. If you want to call yourself Catholic, but you want to pick and choose for yourself which of the church's teachings to accept and which to reject, you give everyone else who calls himself Catholic the right to do the same thing. For example, you believe women should be priests. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1577, it states, Only a baptized man validly receives ordination. For this reason, the ordination of women is not possible. You don't believe that. Well, that's fine. I just made this a catechism of your Catholic Church, but not mine. But remember, if you can throw doctrines out, so can everyone else who calls himself Catholic. That gives Joe Parishioner over at St. Doubting Thomas Catholic Church the right to throw out the church's social justice teachings. He doesn't feel like feeding the hungry, caring for the poor, and all that other bleeding heart stuff. Paragraphs 2401 to 2463. I just made this a catechism of his Catholic Church, but not mine. You believe contraception is okay. Paragraph 2370 says contraception is intrinsically evil. Joe Parishioner doesn't like what the church teaches on the death penalty. Paragraphs 2364 to 65. 
You don't like what it teaches on these pages, pages 505 to 508. He doesn't like what it teaches on these other pages here, pages 610 to 615. Can you see what's happening? I heard it said once that there is a shortage of vocations to the priesthood in the United States, but no shortage of vocations to the papacy. If we don't believe in all of it, if we each appoint ourselves Pope and throw out a doctrine here or a doctrine there, then our faith is no longer Catholic. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. It's good to have you back on the program. We're very excited. We're going to have a wonderful hour. Hopefully you can join us for all, or at least part of it. But the game show is coming up at 15 past the hour. And uh, our, we have a very cool sponsor this week, uh, Motherboards. Now, when I was a kid, I was big into skateboarding. But for, for me, it was Powell and Peralta. It was Tony Hawk. It was a great board. Loved my Tony Hawk board. Uh, Mark Gonzalez was probably my second favorite, but the Tony Hawk board was amazing. But you know what they didn't have when I was a kid? Big into skateboarding. They didn't have skateboards with images of our Blessed Mother. Uh, and they are very good, actually. Very cool. St. Michael. It's just the, the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I mean, very cool designs over at loveyourmotherboard.com. And uh, we're going to be giving away a prize pack for Motherboard this week. On Friday, we're going to pull a name out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence. It could be your name. And uh, all you need to do is be our caller at 15 past the hour, and you'll get three chances to get in on that prize pack. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Joe. Now, your T-minus like two weeks at this <laughs> two point. Two weeks at this point. Uh, and uh, you, it's like you, you're leaving us because you just don't like getting up, or what's your deal? Uh, yes, <laughs> that, that is Come that on. is true. Uh, but the I most also... incredible people on planet Earth get up early. Uh-huh. Everybody else sleeps in. All right, all right. Well, I do have to finish uh, my bachelor's. Uh, so you have to? I, huh? oh, <laughs> I, I guess I don't have to, but I would like wow. to. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, you would like to. That's I fair like enough. To. That's fair enough, yeah. Speaking of fair enough, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Fair enough, like... In looks, like you know, the fairest um, of them all, is that that's what you're referring to? You know, it's kind of awkward, dude. Um, I'm a little. Uh, I wasn't going there. A little uncomfortable, but, but you know, okay. If, if you, you like that, sometimes want to go with fair enough. Uh, uh, fine. Well, fair nonetheless, enough. nonetheless, it is still good to be here. <laughs> nonetheless, and, and the best thing about today is today is the feast of Holy Father Dominic. Praise uh, be to Jesus praise, Christ. Uh, yeah. The greatest of all the saints, the greatest of all the saints, Saint Dominic, you know, founder of the Dominican Order, rose people from the dead, gave us the Holy Mm. Rosary. Yeah, all so many miracles, exorcisms. I agree. It's amazing. It's good. Uh, Saint John Vianney, though, um, pretty much 
Uh, awesome. Awesome saint. Yeah, I know all the people in the St. John Vianney religious order. That's cra- it's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. That would be the Dominicans. Oh, my bad. My wow. bad. Oh, you whoops. are going to throw St. John Vianney under the bus Actually, just to s- protect St. Dominic? I got Saint to see his heart, uh, St. John Vianney's heart, when I was in D.C., I went to the shrine of JP2, and his heart was there, so it was pretty cool. Well, that same heart made a pilgrimage on its way to St. John Vianney Catholic Church. Um, So speaking of which, we'll be having a Mass later today. You can get a plenary indulgence. Uh, So super cool. Yeah. Or just go to a Dominican parish. You know, know, fascinating fact, (laughs) John Vianney, he had to live with a demon in his rectory. For a long time. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. I live with demons. And, but he wasn't at all bothered by the demon because, you know, he lived in a state of grace, so it didn't bother him. He would just, uh, you know, live through the experience, you know, kind of thing. It's kind of an interesting story. You should look it up today. Sp- that they smelled bad, right? Yeah. Well, that and they would make, you know, terrible noises or whatever. But he just considered it like your old curmudgeon friend. You know, that's kind of how he thought about it. But he, he living in a state of grace gets you out of a lot of trouble, I would say. All right. Uh, speaking of which, we need to jump into our show today. We're going to have a fun hour. Again, we're going to do uh, the game show at 15 past the hour. The phone number for those that want to call early and be contestants is listed on our website. So it's an option. If you want to call in early and be on hold, you're welcome to do so. Uh, you can find that phone number as well as the the podcast version, links to all of our social media, all of that over on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. By the way, uh, YouTube gave us a channel strike and shut us down for a week on the Catholic Drive Time side, so we are not posting any videos there. We are still posting to Rumble. Are you on Rumble? If not, go to our website, click the Rumble link, and, and make sure you rumble. That's a thing, right? We're like rumbling. Adrian? It's a thing. I don't know what it does, but it's a thing. <laughs> you can rumble things. We, we, don't know what that means. Well, make sure to rumble today for and then And then reach out to me before. and let me know what it means. <laughs> right. If you figure that out, what the rumble stands for, what it, what, what it actually does, let us know so we'll know. But at any rate, you can find it all at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's, uh, let's pray and dive into the news. And then, of course, we have uh, Saint of the Day and Gospel of the Day. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the good news with Janelle Lay. From the National Catholic Register, Archbishop Cordelion named Prior of Historic Order of Catholic Knights. And from the Catholic World Report, more than 75 briefs filed supporting Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban at Supreme Court. This is from Crook's Holy Family Icon for Unity and Peace Begins Pilgrimage in the Middle East. And reported by Life News, federal court upholds Indiana pro-life law exposing how abortion hurts women. Good news. On Monday, the 7th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals upheld an Indiana law that required abortionists to send the state reports if they treat women for complications arising from abortions. Congratulations to the state of Indiana. And reported by Breitbart, U.S. wrestler Tamra Mesa-Stock praises God and America after winning gold. U.S. wrestler Tamria Mensa Stock made history Tuesday, winning gold in the women's 68-kilogram freestyle final. 
making her the only only the second woman and the second the first black woman to win gold for Team USA in wrestling. But as many other U.S. Olympians had been more concerned with pro- protesting against the U.S., Mensa's stock was just the opposite, gushing in a post-match interview about her family, her flag, her team, and God, and her country. It is by the grace of God that I'm able to even move my feet. An enthusiast Mesa Stock said to a new network reporter after she took the gold Tuesday. I just leave it in his hands and I pray that all the practice and all the hell my freaking coach has put me through pays off and every single time it does and I get better and better. It is so weird that there is no cap to the limit that I can do and I'm excited to see what I have next. And Tamara's not the only one to praise God for her success and victory. Reported by LifeSite News, after winning Olympic gold, Fiji's men's rugby team breaks into song praising the blood of the lamb. After winning Olympic gold, Fiji's men's rugby team raised their powerful voices to God and sang, We have overcome, we have overcome, by the blood of the lamb, in the word of the Lord, we have overcome. While it is unknown whether all the players on the team are Christian, their voices united in song and praise of the Lamb of God presented in an inspiring, spine-tingling image to the world. The song that filled the Tokyo Stadium is a traditional hymn, Idasa Kwa Kwa. We will always start with our prayers and song, explained team captain Jerry Tawai, and we will always end with our prayers and songs, and the song that says that our God is a loving God, and that while we always tend to st- go stray from what He expects from us, He loves us and gives us good things. Fiji earned its Olympic gold after defeating New Zealand 27-12. to Praise be to God and happy feast day of St. John Vianney. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lay. God love you and have a good Wednesday. The saint of the day, I love those French names, is Blessed Frédéric Janson. He was born on the 19th of November, 1838 in Gavelda, Nord, France. He was the youngest of 13 children in a wealthy farm family. Frederick grew up in France, but his language at home was Flemish. His father died when the boy was nine. Frederick felt an early call to the priesthood and entered the junior seminary in his diocese, but he dropped out uh, to become a traveling salesman to support his family. His family obligations finally fulfilled, Frederic joined the Franciscans in his early 20s. He was ordained in 1870 and became a military chaplain in the Franco-Prussian War. He was assigned to the Holy Lands and he rebuilt the Station of the Cross in the streets of Jerusalem. He built a church in Bethlehem and negotiated agreements between the Romans, the Greeks, and the Armenian church authorities about the use of sanctuaries in Jerusalem. He first traveled to Canada in 1881 on a fundraising trip, but returned to stay in 1888, where he worked for the next 28 years. He helped develop the Shrine of Our Lady of Cap de la Madeleine in Quebec and witnessed the vision of the statue of Mary opening its eyes. He wrote biographies of the saints, newspaper articles, and calling on his childhood training, he sold religious books door to door, including thousands of copies of his manual for the Third Order. His work effectively reestablished the Franciscan secular order in Canada. He died on the 4th of August, 1916, in the Franciscan Infirmary in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, of stomach cancer. He was beatified on the 25th of September, 1988, by Pope John Paul II. Blessed Frédéric Janson, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, 
A Canaanite woman of that district came out and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not say a word in answer to her. His disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did him homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, one big takeaway in this passage today is persistence in prayer. She's begging, and the Lord doesn't even reply to her at first. And she does not give up. How persistent are you? How persistent am I in praying? Uh, St. Anselm said this, And by this delay in answering, he shows us the patience and perseverance of this woman. And he answered not for this reason also, that the disciples might petition for her, showing herein that the prayers of the saints are necessary in order to obtain anything. St. Anselm, pray for us. What did you find, Adrian? So ask me how I'm going to relate this back to Holy Father Dominic. Uh, Adrian, how in the world are you possibly going to relate this back to Holy Father St. Dominic? Okay, thank you for asking. So Dominic, uh, the Dominican order, is actually a pun uh, that is Dominicanis, which is hounds of the Lord, the dogs of the Lord. And so this is actually apropos for the passage today because, yes, the child was possessed by a demon and he was asking our Lord, she was asking our Lord to drive the demon out. Now, what happens here? She calls herself a dog. Now, people take this passage and they freak out and they're like, oh my gosh, our Lord, he's a racist. And that's blasphemy for one and uh, should not never be said. But second of all, we're Gentiles. You and I are Gentiles, probably. I don't know. Maybe you're not, but I'm a Gentile. And this is so I'm in the same position. Cornelius Alapide in his commentary here says that uh, we too are the same way and we should refer to ourselves as dogs and recognize that we are dogs and we should have the humility and the modesty uh, to recognize that and to come to prayer in that way. In the same way, St. Dominic, he said that he was a dog for our Lord, that he was going out to bark and to preach the gospel everywhere he went. Uh, the vision that his mother had, uh, St. Jane, had a vision of him bursting from her womb as a dog, holding a torch in his mouth, lighting the world on fire. And so, too, we too should be dogs for the Lord. We should try to light the world on fire with the faith. And trying to convert souls. What will happen to poor sinners? And here our Lord shows us how should we should pray. Cornelius Lapide breaks it into 10 points that I won't go into in detail, but briefly says that we should pray with humility, with modesty, with faith, with prudence, with confidence, with perseverance and constancy. We should pray always with charity and resignation. These are the things that Cornelius Lapide wraps up in the, in the example that the woman here gives of how to pray and how, and what was the response from our Lord? Our Lord says, great was your faith. Our Lord answers her prayer, drives the demon out by not even going over there. Just by speaking the word, the demon is driven out from the woman's child. So, and this also shows the power of intercessory prayer. It's not the daughter that had to come to our Lord and beg. It was the mother. 
a mother's prayers availeth much. So we should ask our mothers for our prayers and we should pray for other people because it shows here, our Lord shows that our intercessions matter and that we can save souls and we can help people by our prayers. Mm, Praise be to God. Well, it is time to play Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we give out prizes, and it's a lot of fun. You don't need to know the answers to win, and if you would like to try to win, you got to call 877-757-9424 is the phone number. And I'm looking at the an- the questions here. It seems like it's all easy question Wednesday, so a great opportunity at 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back, and we're going to play Fear and Trembling. It's coming up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor. What I'm about to share with you, do not tell anybody. Keep this just between us. But there are a few things we like to do on our segment for this uh, trivia game show. Uh, number one, we like to teach the faith. 
So we look for teachable moments in the questions, and you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. That's always a good thing. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh. We like to have fun, and our contestants on the phone tend to be uh, a lot of fun, and they laugh right along with us, and we enjoy that part. And then, of course, we give out prizes which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. So, but here's the deal. If you're just joining us and you're brand new here and you're not sure what in the world is going on, we have three Catholic trivia questions, uh, but the caller does not need to know the answers to the questions in order to win the game uh, because I do not ask them. I'll ask Janelle. I'll ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janelle, what could they win? Well, you can get a prize from Motherboards, a company dedicated to creating well-built recreational boards used on land, snow, and water, eventually. The quality craftsmanship put into each and every product is just as important as the unique and uplifting and sometimes eye-catching custom illustrations that adorn each piece. Motherboards is the first and only company in the U.S. dedicated to bringing a positive and Catholic-focused message targeted to teens and adults who like to board. It's the, the website, all products, and all religious imagery contained within are dedicated to and placed under the loving protection of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Thanks be to God. Um, and they are offering a skateboard with the image of the Sacred Heart and some really cool wheels. And uh, you can also look at their website. It's called loveyourmotherboard.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can also follow them on social media at Love Your Motherboard. And uh, they all they not only just sell skateboards, they sell lots of other cool things too. So cool. praise be to God. Thank you so much for sponsoring this week's game show. I get where they're going with that. Love your mother. Get that? <laughs> your mother in heaven. Loveyourmotherboard.com. Thank you for being a sponsor today. All right, let's go to the phones. If you uh, tried to call in today and didn't make it, call back tomorrow. You'll get a chance. You just got to call early. That's all. Uh, but Brendan, good morning to you. Thanks for being a part of our program. Good morning. Praise be to God, Brendan. Uh, how old are you, sir? You sound like you're, what, 30, 40 years old, maybe? No, I'm 11. 11? Wow. What part of uh, Houston are you calling from? Where do you go to church? St. Francis Cabrini. Nice. Very, That's where very I was nice. baptized at. Wonderful. Do you, do you know Adrian, by the way, Brendan? Yes. Oh, you do? Oh. Mm. No. no. <laughs> do you have incriminating uh, evidence against uh, Adrian that you might share with me personally that I could no. use against him somehow? No. Darn it. I bet if they go to Francis Cabrini, they probably know my grandparents and my family there. <laughs> how wonderful. Praise be to God. Now, Brendan, are you familiar with the rules of the game? Do you know how, to, how this yeah. thing is done? All right. So uh, now, do you trust Adrian? Do you think he's tricky or do you think Janelle is tricky? Janelle. Janelle. Yeah, mm. Janelle the Tricky. She's got a new title that will stay with her for the rest of her life, I think. <laughs> I'm going to go to college later. Um, all right. Brendan, are you ready to play? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Janelle, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? I am ready. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Janelle, can you tell me, what is the proper term used to address cardinals? Ah, so... I saw a cardinal the other day. You did? Yes, I did. Amazing. Um, I also saw a bishop the other day as well, and I was like, oh, what do I call them? And Mm. so when I went up to um, the last cardinal, I said, your excellency. Your excellency. Yes. That's your answer. That is my answer. Hmm. It's reasonable. I don't know. Let's just, uh, let's go to uh, Adrian the Innocent. Adrian, can you tell me, what is the proper term used to address cardinals? 
the proper term used to address cardinals. That would be your eminence. Your eminence. Your eminence. Hmm. Mm. Seems loftier, maybe, than excellency. It's possible. I, I don't know. It's Actually, possible. Don't ask me. I, I, all right, so here's the deal, uh, Brendan. Uh, let me just summarize here. Adrian is on the hook for your eminence as the proper title for a cardinal, whereas Janelle says it's your excellency. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Brendan, what say you? Um... I'm gonna say Janelle. Are you sure? I'm so oh. sorry. Oh, uh, remember that so whole close. part? I feel like I uh, might have uh, given, you, warned you a little bit about <laughs> Janelle. Um, but it, and she's wrong. She tricked you. Sorry. I'm so sorry. But in fact, the answer is your eminence is the proper term <laughs> to address a cardinal. Now. Uh, cardinals are bishops, but they're just of higher uh, uh, status, higher rank. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Adrian, uh, every rank has its own, right? Our archbishops and bishops, they're addressed the same way, though. Yes, so archbishops and bishops are your excellency, the Holy Father is your holiness, a patriarch is your beatitude, and a cardinal is your eminence. Okay. Uh, okay. And remember that answer for... A future question. A future question. Yeah, Nudge, nudge. Oh, sorry. Just morning allergies. All right, uh, Brendan, don't fret. We're going to get you in that cup, I promise. This is, uh, we're going to, tr- let's go to Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me, what is an ecclesiastical prince of the church called? What do we call the prince of the princes of the church? Hmm. hmm. I'm going to go with a cardinal. I feel like we just talked about this. I have no idea. Did uh, we? I don't remember. Foreign. Hmm. Okay, let's just let's double check. Let's get a. That's something op- we talked about. Let's get a second opinion on this. Okay, uh, Janelle, uh, can you tell me what is an ecclesiastical prince of the church called? A prince of the church that yeah. would be a monsignor. Uh, monsignore, monsignore in uh, in Roma. Yes, Roma. That, that's your answer. Is mon- that, monsignor? Yes, yes monsignor. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's see here. A, Janelle is on the hook for Monsignor, uh, whereas Adrian is on the hook for Cardinal as the title of the Prince of the Church. Princes of the Church. Are they called Cardinals? Are they called Monsignors? Who's right? Who's wrong? Brendan, what say you? It's kind of early, but I'm hoping it's Adrian. (laughs) It's kind of early. (laughs) Got it. Got it. It is early, isn't it? He wasn't full this time. (laughs) I like that. It's kind of early. In other words, it's way too early in the morning to be agreeing with Adrian. I so agree with you, Brendan, on your take on that. It's like 75% of the time, I'm right 100% of the time. Uh Uh-huh. Wait. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, Congratulations, Brendan. You're in the cup. You might possibly win the prize pack from Motherboards this week. How do you feel? Good. Praise be to God. That's awesome. Well, we are going to try to double your chances and hopefully get you a more opportunity there. Uh, you ready to play again your third and final chance? You got to listen carefully because you just never know who's going to try to fool you the most. But uh, I think we can get this done. Back to Janelle. Janelle, can you tell me what name is given to Catholic churches or centers located on or near Catholic universities or non-Catholic universities okay. rather. So what do we call those Catholic centers on non-Catholic universities? There is a, a name given to these. What do we call okay. that? They're called Newman centers or Newman clubs. 
Newman yes. Clubs. I think it's named after St. John Henry Newman. Newman yes. Centers. They're called Newman Centers. Okay, okay, okay. So like, for instance, at Texas A&M or... Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah, they have one. They have okay. like one of the biggest uh, Catholic uh, communities um, okay. and universities. Okay. Yeah. Oh, let's just, uh, let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, what name is given to Catholic centers... Located on or near Catholic university, non-Catholic. I keep getting that wrong. It's non-Catholic universities we're talking about. What do we call those Catholic centers near non-Catholic universities? Inkling clubs. Inkling clubs. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard that somewhere. I have. Huh. I might be a uh, church or center in a near non-Catholic universities. That could be it. Okay. So, uh, Brendan, here's the deal. Adrian says these Catholic centers on non-Catholic universities are called Inkling Clubs, whereas Janelle says they're called Newman Centers or Newman Clubs. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Brendan, what say you? Um, guess Adrian. Are you sure? You may want to... Oh! 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 Darn it. You were so close. Um, you were very anxious to uh, to buzz your friend there. I, I, gave, I gave it a little bit of time this time. Like it seems Usually la- I only give two like seconds. A lack of I gave six seconds this time. Six whole seconds. Mm-hmm. You could have gone seven, seconds. I'm just saying. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, Brendan, but in fact, the answer is uh, Newman Center, Newman Clubs. But hey, don't fret. You're in the cup. And we have on many occasions given out a prize to someone who's only in the cup once. So you still have a great chance. Brendan, we're very grateful to you for being on our show today. And thank you for having fun with us, being a good sport. You're amazing, Brendan. God love you today. Bye. All right, we're going to put you on hold, Brendan. So don't go anywhere. We're going to make sure we get your phone number in case it be God's will that your name does come out of that cup. But that's going to do it for the radio side of our program. Thank you for listening for uh, with us today. We're very grateful to you. If you can hang out with us in the after show, we would love to have you. You get to drive the conversation. Whatever you want to discuss is on the topic. Tomorrow, Dr. Kevin Roberts is going to be on to give us an update on the immigration situation on the southern border. We're also going to dive into states' rights. It's a very interesting conversation. Tune in 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here on Catholic Drive Time. Otherwise, we'll see you in the after show. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Wow, I cannot believe how uh, Adrian scuttled his friend from his old parish. All I'm saying, that? It was all a I'm hit saying job. is, um, it was a total, it was a total agendized uh, hit job against his friend Brendan. I, I don't know how you live with yourself, Adrian. I don't know how you sleep at night with that, with that conscience of yours. Um, the like, way you smash that that buzzer button so fast, I sleep like a baby. I mean. Amazing. Like meaning horribly because babies don't sleep. Babies don't like, they, sleep. They, they, they never sleep through the night. I have no That's idea me. what you're talking about. Uh, you, you all don't know? my kids, I slept right through the night, never oh, had an well, issue. Well, um, 
Don't ask my wife how she saw things. Interesting. She might have a different opinion. <laughs> Mr. Thomas says Inkling Clubs. Yes, the Inkling Club. I didn't. We didn't. We ran out of time. The Inkling Club was the club that J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were a part of. At I think it was Oxford, and uh, they were uh, would talk about theology, philosophy, literature, all that jazz. A lot of fun. Um, I knew. I know people that started their own Inkling Clubs. It's, it's pretty cool. But no, unfortunately, no, not a Catholic club because C.S. Lewis died a Protestant. Yes. Heretic. And he was upset. He would get frustrated with Tolkien for bugging him so often to try to get him to become Catholic. Uh, but Tolkien never gave up. He, he tried. Uh, just uh, C.S. Lewis wasn't having it. Um, but hey, welcome to the after show, by the way. Forgot that part. Uh, thanks for being here. We love to have you on the, the program and the after show. And you get to drive that conversation because we get a little bit more casual about the conversation. And uh, whatever you want to talk about is open to, uh, to discussion. You can leave a comment. In the uh, in the com box, tell us where you're from, especially if you're a brand new commenter. Uh, we love to lavish love on our first time commenters. Uh, that's just uh, a lot of fun for us. Praise be to God. But I want to share with you uh, a sort of a related to yesterday's after show conversation. I'm trying to send the link to Adrian. I'm sending, I just sent you the Twitter okay. link. If we can possibly see. get that on the laptop. Uh, I want to share with you video he, audio. It's a video. Okay. Uh, it's on Twitter of this rugby team out of Fiji after their match. I think they won the match too. By the way, did they win the match? They won. It was twenty-seven to twelve, I believe. So yesterday we were talking about sports, right? In the after show, we're talking about poverty ball. We poverty were, ball. Uh, Adrian was hating on all poor people around the planet <laughs> uh, because he's madly jealous that soccer is the number one sport on on the planet. Which least, makes sense, right? Say man. I mean, literally, look at a map. The entire planet, except for the United States, loves soccer. It's because everyone is, uh, it's, it's for all the poor people. It's just uh, like how like, we're the only one that Like in England and in France and in Germany, all poor people, huh? If you want to be like Germany, yeah. that's fine, man. Argentina. You can be, you can be Whoa, yeah, so you, poor, Argentina. Yeah, you can be Brazil. Like, oh, my. Go hang out with Argentina, Germany, and Salvador, and uh, Venezuela, and China, Do you smell that? and Russia. That's the, that's the aroma of jealousy. That's you know, what that is. You know, all right the there. communist countries enjoy enjoy uh, soccer. <laughs> yeah, they do, actually. They do. It's true. They do like it. But all the freedom countries love it, too. The whole world loves it. But now, this is rugby. This is not even soccer. What are we talking about here? Not soccer. Come on, man. Come on, Ooh. man. Man. What are we talking about? I don't about? know. I, I, I don't know. But, okay, so this is good news. So yesterday, we were talking about sports. And I don't want to dwell on sports again today. But I saw this article today, and I thought, this is super cool. The rugby team, after their match, gets together, and they sing. And uh, here's the video clip of the Fiji men singing after their match. The lyrics go something like this. We have overcome. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb. In the word of the Lord, we have overcome. How amazing is that? Based. That is field. super cool. You know, Singing is really nice. That's pretty amazing. I, I've never seen anything like this at a soccer game. This is rugby, by the way. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> my point. Nobody prays at soccer games? Is that we, they're kneeling all the time. You telling me that's not prayer? No, unfortunately, the women's they're, soccer team what? kneeling was not for prayer. The, no, they're kneeling. Of course they're praying. They were kneeling for other reasons. What? No. Uh, not necessarily positive ones either. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Okay. Seems very prayerful. 
Uh, that's pretty cool, though. That is very inspiring. So praise be to God. That's pretty cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh, I love that uh, witness. And they're really into it, too. And they pray, I guess they pray after every game or just the winning game? They pray after every, before and after every game before and practice. And yeah. Yes, it's awesome. Speaking of soccer, uh, we have um, my old friend from high school who uh, he played soccer in high school. Really? And before that, uh, Joseph Colbert. Oh, wow. Is, uh, I didn't realize you had hey, friends morning, with guys. common sense. Yes, yes. Adrian and I also were fellow thespians back in the day. Oh, yeah. Good Did times. A couple of shows ago. Yeah, great of, times. Yes, yes. A lot of stories there. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, how do you feel? So you love soccer then? Oh, yeah. um, Soccer, football, without a doubt, is the best sport on the planet. Nothing like bringing people together and the passion, the communities, the things that you see on the field. It's... I love Nothing seeing like people it. run back and forth and not scoring. It's a great time, man. It's a great time. <laughs> right, right, it was, right. Uh, quite a discussion yesterday, uh, and Adrian displaying his true colors because uh, uh, he, he cannot stand the sport of soccer. Hey, I'm honest. You can't, yeah. can't, got to give me that. Give me top give three. Just if you, top three reasons right now that, that you can't stand soccer besides, obviously, for some reason that all the poorer countries seem to like <laughs> it a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, all the communist countries like it. Uh, it's uh, boring because uh, nothing happens and there's no scoring. Reasons. Uh, there we go. Gonna have go. to uh, disagree. But, uh, <laughs> but all right. There we go. There we go. Yeah. But yeah. So, but that's for good. That's good times. Uh, wow. People enjoy soccer for some reason, and you know they're allowed to enjoy what they want to enjoy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they can. They, people have the right to be wrong. It's okay. It's that. It's that constant. <laughs> Do they have flow. a right to be wrong? I don't think they have a right yeah. to be wrong. It's that's just that constant flow well, of movement. That's actually, a good point. You know, there's no whistles <laughs> stopping after every play. So a lot but, of intensity know, the, can arise. The best part of change soccer, of momentum. The funnest, most incredible part of soccer. I have to admit this publicly, is the drama. You mentioned drama a minute ago. Oh yes, the high drama of fake injuries. Oh, so yeah, it does comical. take a lot of acting to be to be a <laughs> soccer player. <laughs> oh That's yeah, a good point. I always say uh, the, the world's best actors on the soccer field. Oh my, yeah, they're, they're much better than LeBron James. Prima donnas, all <laughs> oh, of yeah. them. It's just so hilarious to see them yeah, yeah. flail and be so dramatic. Yeah, it's just like. Yeah. Dude, you were barely touched. What? What? What, what is He wasn't even here? touched. Yeah. <laughs> People falling over, and they yeah. just like, this guy's a mile away from him. No, yeah. Shout out to Neymar, but Neymar is the, the queen of, of queen? the flop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would have to say. Uh, that's that so good. I would yeah, have to say. Uh, uh, anyway, we don't want to do a whole sports show again. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was yesterday. Uh, but Oh, Mr. Thomas says, is Sal Pochetti invited to the show yet, Adrian? If y'all don't know who Sal Pachotti is, he's the guy who wrote the most amazing song. Jesus is a friend of mine. Uh, yeah. Jesus is my friend yeah. of mine. Uh, yeah. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend of Jesus. Jesus is I don't know. I may quit. I mean. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, dude. This is why I'm leaving. This yeah. is one of the greatest. <laughs> I'm, I may leave with you, Janelle. This is one of the I'm greatest a, songs I'm ever a, written. I don't know what you mean, dude. I don't know what you mean. I don't know. This is a bop. I think this is finally what I've been looking for as far as what I should listen to before getting uh, to Mass. Oh, what, no. We indoctrinated him. Adrian. Yeah, Adrian is corrupting souls. <laughs> Not the, it, on the surface, you're like, what could be wrong with this song? It sounds fine. Jesus is a friend of mine. Yeah, pra- praise God. But don't ever watch the video uh, <laughs> right. because it will corrupt you. I don't know what okay. you mean, dude. The video it's is beautiful. disturbing. And it all, uh, we're getting banned from you, YouTube. Why aren't they banning this song from YouTube? You know, this song know. has brought more conversions to the church than anything else in the world. Um, greater can, than, can greater you... than all the saints... This song has brought more people to the church. Oh. It's don't disturbing. fact check me on that. Don't look it up. <clears throat> uh, just just take my word for it. Yeah, it's disturbing. 
It's incredibly disturbing. Don't ever watch that video. Save yourself the trouble. Uh, praise be to God. Let's start with recognizing folks. Uh, good morning to you. Colin, good to see you again, 93. Monica Cortez, praise be to God. Good to see you. Susan Weber, good morning. It's good to see you guys. Angelo Bustamante, my friend, good, good morning to you. Uh, glad that you're here. Praise be to God. A lot of great conversation between Colin and 93 this morning in the, in the, in the interview segments. Mr. Thomas Anderson, of course, good to see you, our friend from Florida. Uh, praise be to God. Uh, good to see you here. Going through the rest of YouTube. Who's on uh, Facebook? We have Lori, Don, Sita, uh, um, Susan, Joaquin. Patty was on earlier, but, you know, she's gone stage for the first hour. Gloria, uh, Buddy Kane, or Canine. Canine. Uh, now Sonia. you're doing it. <laughs> That's because you got me doing it. Uh, Natalie, who I think is a first-time commenter. I'm what? not sure. She said, posting on Facebook how the Catholic radio station that I listened to for 15 years has a program banned. We all must help others wake up to what is happening right before our eyes. Yeah. So just to, for clarification, we're not banned off of the radio. Uh, we're banned off of uh, YouTube on Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, due to us talking about religious freedom in regards to vaccine mandates, uh, we were taken off of YouTube for a week. Uh, if we get three strikes, our YouTube channel is deleted. But thanks for commenting. Um, and yeah. thank you for Amen. listening for 15 years. Praise be to Jesus Praise Christ. That's amazing. God. Thank you Amen. so much. Thanks for commenting for the first time. We're very grateful. We love our first-time commenters. If you have not commented ever on the program, be sure to leave a comment and we will recognize you. We're very grateful. We love our first-time commenters. And you're going to find, just so you know, if you're new here, a lot of inside humor gets tossed about among the CDT insiders, uh, our, our, our inside uh, fans here that hang out with us practically every single day. There's a lot of uh, sort of well-known humor. Uh, but uh, just ask. I'll explain it. No worries. Uh, Jesus, a friend of mine, is one example of that. And again, do yourself a favor and never watch that video because it will disturb you. <clears throat> That's right. Ask for the just grace saying. to avoid the temptation. Of watching that video. If God wants you to watch the video, it'll Stop. happen. It'll happen. You, Divine I, Providence, man. You're typing it in YouTube right now. Divine Stop that. Providence. Do not type that into the YouTube search field. Stop it. Don't do it. I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to give you uh, a friendly pro level tip and not watch that. But do not put that in the YouTube search field. And Jesus Robles and Ubi were on earlier as well. Jesus said, Go St. Dominic. Absolutely. With a fellow Dominicans uh, in the room. Wow. And you know what the great thing about St. Dominic is? What, hijacking St. John Vianney's feast day? Is the fact that we get to celebrate his feast day twice. Because uh, in the old calendar, his feast is today. In the Dominican Rite calendar, his feast is today. But on the new calendar, his wait, feast is on the is on on. August 8th. You said old calendar? Old calendar. Oh, that just got abrogated by Tradition. No. Oh, oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Someone hasn't been listening to Cardinal Mueller, <laughs> Cardinal Burke, First Bishop of all, Snyder. It's, it's Mueller. Mu- it's I'm, Muller. I'm Muller. American. Cardinal Muller. I'm He's definitely he, not saying He has that the umlaut. Mm. The umlaut. Yeah. But uh, there we go. So, no, not abrogated. Uh, totally. No. <laughs> Still totally legitimate. Yes. And, I get to celebrate, and I get to celebrate Holy Father Dominic's feast day twice. Holy Father. You know, I, I really don't get his uh, fascination with the Dominicans. I mean, we went to uh, a Brazilian high school, so I figured you'd be on... <laughs> On Team Bazillion, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hurt. I'm kind of hurt a little bit here. I don't when know. When are you joining the Bazillion Seminary, Adrian? You know, that's a so <laughs> that's a great question, uh, Joe. Uh, moving on. Invite more of his old high school <laughs> friends. I, I went to. Uh, I also went to a Bazillion University. And oh my I'm goodness gracious! So. What I, is going on here? I think this is the the voice of God in his life, <laughs> saying to him, uh, Bazillion, Bazillion. 
you know, they have they do have bazillions of dollars, so it would be it'd be nice and comfortable. <laughs> this is why I came today <laughs> to bring you back, bring you back to the side that you were on, wow. the side that you remember. I went to uh, to a discernment retreat with the bazillions uh, years ago, and you know. The Bazillions are very similar to the situation of the Jesuits today, and I'm going to leave it at that. Ugh. I'm going to just say that. Uh, oh, also, I found out they used to have a habit. The Bazillions, they were <laughs> they wore habits. I didn't know they even had one because I've never seen a Bazillion wear one before. I met a Dominican friar who was a Bazillion father who left the Bazillions to join the Dominicans because they said the, mm. he, the Bazillions were kind of going... Uh, off in a different direction mm-hmm. and uh uh-huh. and he was like yeah we used to uh wear our habits and i was like what yeah Brazilians had what, habits. what did their habit look like a, they look kind of like the eastern cassock if you've ever seen an eastern priest oh um, kind of like father hezekiah kind of like father hezekiah it looked very similar to that um also the Brazilians, even though they're named after uh saint basil the great they actually don't have a Brazilian uh spirituality they're not eastern at all they're completely roman uh, they literally took the name because they were in France at the time of the French Revolution, and they needed a name for their community to teach. And they were at Saint Basil's Church, so they were just like, "What about done? What about Bazillions? This Bazillion. is easy. So, What's next? Yeah, yeah, super weird. Wow. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah. Have you seen Saint Basil's Chapel? Horrendous. Horrendous. <laughs> yes. It's like staring at a white wall. <laughs> And like the the tabernacle looks like demons are coming up from the ground to like take over the tabernacle, and it's supposed to be angels though. We had a, we had a nice little chapel at our at our high school though. You know, a nice little, you know, just our chapel wasn't too bad. Yeah, our chapel yeah. at, in high school was was much was much nicer than the chapel at UST to be honest. Well, there you go, there you go. Uh, Colin, you're going to go back to work tomorrow. Uh, we're going to miss you, my friend. Are you not going to be able to join us? Uh, but he says it will be listening on radio in Northern Virginia. Praise cool. It must be the WMET station there. Uh, praise be to God. Um, you know, I, yesterday I was on with uh, Jim Havens on the Simple Truth Show, uh, which is aired across the station on the cross. He's he's putting together another men's march at, for November, and he uh, asked me to come out and be a part of that. If I go to that, I might be doing the show, my part of the show, live. Uh, from either our DC studio, or I may take, take the, the Comrex, the Comrex yeah. and, and do a live thing on the road. On the road, so we'll that see. That would be cool. Yeah, maybe. A little be the Catholic drive time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> hey, nice. Catholics in cars driving. <laughs> to I need. What, I need a sound effect for that. DC. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. That's why it? I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Praise you to God, huh. Mike K. Good morning to you, one. my friends. Good to see you. Thanks for hanging out with us again today. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, shout out to Father Rivera, a Basilian brother at St. Anne's. Uh, yeah, he's a priest Ooh. now. He's a priest now. Jesus Robles. Jesus, your daughter was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was so much fun. Is she going to do stand-up comedy when she gets older? Because I think she could manage the she process. She certainly has the talent for it. She, uh, she could definitely do radio. <laughs> uh, words that should go unsaid, Jesus Robles. Uh, these are words we never say out loud. Uh, I do agree with Adrian. Yes. Is that what you're referring we to? We don't refer to those. Uh, we don't speak those uh, verbally. Yeah, well, I mean, for obvious reasons. Um, his confessor called and said he does not need the temptation to uh, his ego. Speaking of my confessor. So never agree with him publicly. Lori said, Adrian, you have to go to confession now. What for? I don't remember what we are talking about. It was I think it was about soccer. Um, but you disagreed? No, no, it was about Jesus is a friend of mine. Oh, Jesus is a friend. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe I should. Maybe I should. Maybe I will go after work today. We'll see. Yeah. 
Yeah. Then we could be the hashtag no sin gang. Hashtag. I did go to confession this past Sunday. Praise be to God. So you're in the hashtag no sin gang. And this Saturday is first Saturday, by the way. So get our opportunity to get into confession. Now, uh, the requirement for first Saturday, I think the first Saturday devotion is you have to go to confession. Is seven it, wait, days before or seven days after? Is it seven or eight days? I think it's seven. I could be wrong, but I, I thought it was safe. I thought it was eight, uh, which check. means I'm in. I, I qualify. Praise be to God. Now, did anybody take advantage of the plenary indulgence on Monday? I sure did. Did you? So I you're did. you're you're totally uh, divested of all sin to include venial. Uh, I went to confession yesterday, so I feel feeling- yesterday was. Tuesday. Yes. So Monday was the yes, but um, mm-hmm. as long as you go to confession within, I believe it was ten days. Yeah, or but something? you're not answering. The, you're ducking the questions, <laughs> Janelle. Okay, I feel like I'm in like the press secretary's office at the White House all of a sudden. Like, oh, you're uh, right. It is eight days. It's time for you to circle back. It's okay, time to circle Janelle. back. Okay. So, well, today no, is the feast day of Saint Giovanni, re- so I can get another plenary indulgence <laughs> and go to confession. Again. The requirement <laughs> of plenary indulgence is you can't be attached to any yes. sin. Mortal Deta- complete detachment venial. from all sins. Yes. So were you completely detached from all venial sin? I think so. A- Adrian. There you go. Adrian. There so. you go. How hard is think it? About it, Adrian? It, for me, it's super easy. I mean, I'm perfect, so <laughs> perfect. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> exactly. no big deal. Exactly. Yeah. So, the for office, me, it's the no office deal. of humility. For most called, people, they said, though, uh, thank you again for being the most humble. Well, for most people, it's incredibly difficult to be detached for all venial sin. But yeah. for me, like, yeah. how hard is that? I'm That's perfect. Yeah, so, woke, I mean, like Beyonce be woke up flawless. I, mean, exactly. just, I, I woke up like this. I, I woke up. I just woke up just like that. Yeah, I was the second immaculate conception. Yeah, right. So I, I, my favorite song, uh, my theme song is, um, oh, uh, oh Lord, if I, uh, what is it? Um, it's called, uh, dang, now I'm forgetting it now. All of a sudden I sing it all the time. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's one of the, it's one of the, my favorite songs. It's my theme song because you know, if I was only humble, I'd be perfect. You know, if only you were humble, you would be perfect. Yeah. Every day I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror and I'm like, man, I get better looking each day. Why does Jesus, <laughs> why is Jesus calling Janelle, Janelle the tiny? I don't know. I have, what? I, have no I guess idea. I am. What? She's actually pretty tall. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. a basketball player. Uh, I look taller in real life. I don't maybe. Know about that. Yeah. She's dunking. She's like jumping and dunking over Adrian's head every day. <laughs> jumping. Yeah. I'm not that tall. No, She's not that tall. Uh, so two weeks to go before uh, before you uh, depart there, Janelle. Um, what uh, what what what's your degree track again? Oh, the theology. Um, philosophy and a little communication. So what's your, uh, do you already have your class lineup for the semester? Uh, yes, I do. I do, in fact, do have my classes lined up for the semester. Thanks be to God. All right, what do we got? What do we... Oh, secret. No. Secret. <laughs> I, um... I, I can't think of them at the top of my head because I was like, okay, I'm going to get this over with. I'm going to sign up and then that's it. I don't have to worry about it until like a few right. days before classes begin again. Uh, but uh, I'm excited about a music class I'll be yeah. taking. So, oh, great. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Yeah, praise be to God. Mr. Thomas Anderson, our friend from Florida. You know, you bring up a difficult topic. It's gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to get serious here for a moment. But uh, he says uh, to have the vaccine and have people walking around refusing to be vaccinated is a sin. I disagree with you, Mr. Anderson, for a number of reasons on the vaccine. Number one, it's not FDA approved. It is still experimental. Uh, even the, in fact, you, if you look up, there are several interviews within the last couple of weeks from the man who invented the mRNA technology, and even he is speaking out against the vaccines, and it's his technology. 
uh, because nobody knows the long-term ramifications of that technology. You are risking quite a bit not knowing, which is why the FDA hasn't finally approved it yet. It's still just experimental. That's one reason. Two, uh, aborted fetal tissues used in the either the development or in the testing uh, phase of uh, vaccines is a grave moral problem uh, for Catholics. And I, for one, won't be injecting anything in my body that had anything to do with abortions under no circumstances. And uh, number three, we've seen even Dr. Fauci uh, commented most recently that the, uh, the infection ra- uh, rates among vaccinated un- and unvaccinated is just about equal. In fact, yesterday I read an article, uh, you know, the recently the uh, the CDC has issued revised mask mandate uh, re- requirements based on some recent studies. And I read an article that talked about one of those studies, not even linked to it yesterday. Uh, that came out of Massachusetts, Barnstable County, Massachusetts. Over the July 3rd, July 4th celebrations there, there were uh, an outbreak of infections, COVID-19 infections, most of which was the brand new Delta variant. Well, five, uh, it was five people who had to go to the hospital. There was some like... 800, I think, people that got sick, 74% of the infected were vaccinated people. 74% were vaccinated. Of five people went to the hospital, out of the five that had to go to the hospital, four of them were vaccinated, and only one wasn't. So there, I think there are a number of reasons that can be cited, as I've just said, that would give me pause to say, I don't, not, I'm not going to go get this vaccine. Uh, if, and if, the only reason was that abortion was used in the process of either manufacturing and or testing. Well, no, thank you. I'm not going to participate in that. So um, I, don't, I think it's a bit of a stretch to suggest that it, there's a sin being involved there. I don't think that's the case. Uh, and I personally won't be getting the vaccine, no. nor, nor will my family. Well, Joe, you know, I didn't know about that one, about the... Uh Abortions, that's that's a pretty disturbing. I had no idea. It's incredibly yeah, the problem yeah. is that you you won't hear it because it's getting anytime anyone brings that up, you're kicked off of YouTube, you're kicked off of I know. social media. We're not even uh, allowed to have the conversation. I know yeah, it, I know it. Yeah. So we can't even talk about it. So every time it gets brought up, it, we get taken down and other people who bring it up. Uh, Patrick Coffin did a whole series interviewing medical doctors, doctors who have won uh, Nobel Prizes, people who were paid by the U.S. government to, to uh, do research on uh, this, this exact subject. And they were, and he was kicked off of YouTube. And yep. then his site, his website was then shut down because he was doing that. So it's pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, I don't want to address the, the moral question real quick because Joe did a good job addressing the other issues. But the moral question of should, uh, assuming everything was uh, as hunky dory about it, about the, uh, the vaccine. It still would not be a moral obligation for you to take the vaccine. Why? Because you don't have to, uh, there's extraordinary means that you would, are not required to take. You're not required to take extraordinary means. And having something injected to your body is always an extraordinary means because that's not natural. Now, it would be a, a sin if you knew you had a, a very grave illness. Like if you had the black plague and you knew it and then you went to go hang out with someone. Well, that would, that would be mortally sinful because you are intentionally putting someone in grave danger. Uh, the other situation that was brought up in California was the fact that they are uh, get rid of the laws uh, that were forbidding HIV uh, or mandating people with HIV to disclose what their 
partners uh, that they had HIV and they got rid of that law. And so now yeah. it's required. People want to say it's very required that you have to take the vaccine and that you're killing people if you don't wear a mask. But it's OK to not tell people you have HIV when you're having uh, partners. Uh, that's that's kind of messed up. That's uh, that would be kind of sinful because why HIV is incredibly deadly and it kills many people. Um, but no, like not wearing a mask. We don't not mandate a vaccine, the vaccine not, for the flu. You don't mandate the vaccine for smallpox. You don't mandate a lot of vaccines. Um, why this? Ninety nine point six percent on average of people who contract COVID survive it. So. It's not really dead, all that deadly in the grand scheme of things. Now, I'm not trying to be desensitized to those that do suffer. I've had it twice. Um, uh, my heart breaks for those that suffer through uh, sicknesses of all kinds to include COVID. So I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to have a lack of charity, but the numbers and the, and the data and the, and the conversation just, it doesn't add up. And so uh, there's definite issues here for sure. Exactly. Definitely. My uh, friend, uh, she said that her grandmother uh, got COVID and then she got better. And uh, she was talking to me over the phone the other day and she said that I think COVID made my grandmother stronger because <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. she's like super healthy. She's like walking. She That's didn't funny. walk before. Um, like she's she's running. Uh, she's very healthy. And plus, there's a lot of sketchy um, circumstances surrounding the vaccines. Um, oh, there are tons of yes, reports. Definitely. Now, an- an- another subject we're not allowed to really discuss. I mean, we may get hit. Uh, for having this discussion right now from uh, the our tech overlord. Yeah, the good news is they usually are delayed for live videos. Um, mm-hmm. But the the issue is there are tremendous reports. The CDC has reports on the number of people who've had vaccine-related injuries, uh, even deaths. And there's a lot of concern in that. Again, it's an experimental vaccine for a reason. Uh, even the FDA is is not uh, approving yet. Now, they're trying to get it approved, and I imagine they will, in fact, have it approved at some point. The question is when. Uh, and they will use that as leverage to force unvaccinated people to try to be vaccinated. But... Uh, Again, for reasons we've already stated, I just don't, uh, I don't see it. I highly recommend uh, going to Rumble and checking out our interview with Christopher Ferrara. Yeah. Uh, because that video was taken down off of YouTube last Friday. Uh, but that video, that interview we did with him is excellent because he talks about, from the we weren't talking about the medical issue. We weren't talking about the efficacy of the vaccine. We were talking about whether or not people could have religious objections to taking the vaccine. And if they did, how would that work? So we talked to Christopher Ferrara about that. And basically, the point that he made was, even if, so for Catholics, because Christopher Ferrara is Catholic, he said, you know, even if you're Catholic, and the priest and the bishop and the pope say that you have to take it, or you are not, I'm not going to write you an exemption uh, certificate or anything like that, you still are not required to take it because in America, we have religious freedom laws. And what these religious freedom laws do is say that if you have a sincerely held religious belief, then you are not required to, to, to take the vaccine or to do many things like bake a cake for a gay wedding. Um, so these kind of things. So it was a very important interview that we did there. I highly recommend checking it out on Rumble, yeah. uh, even though I know <clears throat> nobody's on Rumble. If you figure out how to use Rumble, uh, let us know. Now, <clears throat> sorry, I usually mute my mic when I do that, but uh, my hands are, are tied up. Do we have on Rumble our conversations uh with uh, the the lady from Tyler, yes, um, I'm going. I'm scrolling. I'm, I'm trying to scroll to find it. right Yes, now. it's on there. Uh, I'm trying to think of her name. 
someone is actually looking for that interview we did. And the other crazy thing, that one too, we weren't talking about the efficacy of the vaccines either. And that yeah. one, we were talking about the whether or not uh, we got, the, the use we got, of aborted fetal cells in the medical by industry. That conversation as well. Yep. I should start a playlist. Uh, which, by the way, this reminds me. Let me let's interrupt this conversation and bring you a friendly PSA. There's a good chance we may not survive very long on YouTube uh, as things stand because I don't want to refrain from having important conversations just because the tech overlords disagree or or don't approve of the script. I think it's important that we conversate about these very important issues, um, and that's always been my argument. So if we ne- if we get kicked off of a live streaming on YouTube, for instance. Do not forget, we are live streaming right on our website right now as a backup. Uh, Paul, our friend from uh, New York, has been commenting there. Now, very few people use this option, but it's there. So if we're ever not on YouTube, you can just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you will find the live stream Monday through Friday there as well. And you can comment there. It's not the most uh, convenient, let's say, but it's... It's what we do in order to keep going. So I'm, I'm just scrolling back here trying to find... Here's a, a conversation uh, from Bishop Strickland on uh, the morality of, of uh, these abortion-tainted uh, uh, vaccines. I posted that on the YouTube comment box. But there's... If you go through our Rumble, here it is. Uh, human experience experiments with aborted babies with Dr. Stacy Trasankos. Great interview. That got us struck and banned on uh, on YouTube for a short time as well. So go through our Rumble account and check for those. Dr. Stacy Trasankos, Bishop uh, Strickland, and we did some others. Uh, I, I even had some great conversations with a doctor who has actually got uh, a therapy going through the FDA right now that could help cure COVID as well. Her opinions were pretty incredible as well. So lots of great information there on Rumble. God love you, though. Our time is up. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And uh, we're going to conversate about the border issue with Dr. Kevin Roberts. And then on Friday, Miracle Statue of Our Lady Fatima. Uh, we're going to have the, uh, the the steward of that. It's going to be a great lineup coming up. God love you. God bless you. I think Leah Darrow is on as well. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us.